what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately, a weekly podcast. I, I want to say weekly. I feel like I took a small sabbatical there. So in case you guys are wondering, <laughs> a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who continue to show up. You guys listen. You know, I always say you guys are like the anti-status quo crew. You're, you know, carving out your own path, uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a creator or you're thinking about doing your own thing or wanting to challenge the way you do things in general. Everybody here is probably an anti-status quo person. So I, I truly love each and every one of you guys always tuning in. For those of you that are newer, the, the show continues to grow. And uh, it's nice to meet you. I'm Matt Gottesman. You can find me on Instagram at Matt Gottesman. I, as I always say to everybody, I answer every DM, reply, response, text, you name it. I believe in building that community always. So if you, you know, want to reach out, please do so. And again, for those of you that are newer, uh, a little background context on the show. Um, Since the very beginning, I had said that we will never glamorize, glorify success and paint this picture of exactly what you we think success should look like. And I can't do that. And it's not my responsibility to do that, nor is it my position to do so. Success is going to look very different to every single person. It has to. It's your path. And instead of being a podcast that says this is what what your path should look like i'd rather get you to think about what you want your path to look like and so that way you're defining it on your terms and building from there and so every week i when we have episodes i have great guests that come on and we talk about what are they experiencing in real time and they could be you know in their first venture their second or third or fourth they could be a CEO, they could be, you know, an artist, uh, they can be any one of these dis- different disciplines and had some level of quote unquote, what the outside world might look like as success. But really, what they share is what they're learning about themselves along the way, what are some of the themes that have come up? And how do they keep getting better at what they do? And the purpose for that is because it humanizes the entrepreneurial or the creative or the path type of your own path type of journey and you realize we're all just trying to figure it out along the way so welcome to the show thank you for you know for tuning in and i have another incredible guest katie levine we're gonna we're gonna talk about um a lot of different things actually we we just had a great conversation before the show and um talking about people's individual value you know when i give you her her background it'll make a lot more sense and you know um keeping god at the center of your being you know managing your soul while building a business so to give you just a a a brief background she's uh, the creative force behind katie levine photography passion in creating timeless imagery she has worked at vogue and with annie leibovitz uh, uh before breaking out professionally with national recognition for her work in fashion celebrity weddings and brand promotion photography she does private studio and on location sessions with individuals, couples, families, and groups. She used to be out in California. She's now out in Arizona, but she's been around all of it. And I mean, like everybody, it sounds like, you know, pick a name. Let's just say that we, we're not going to necessarily get into the names because that's not really what we're going to focus on today. But she will tell us um, our, you know, a little bit about her story. But 
in doing so, you know, when you're, when we were talking a little bit about when it comes to like photography and then making a, a switch in, in, you know, kind of focus with her, with her energy within her own craft, you know, how viewing every single individual as its own, um, you know, unique value, which you guys know how I feel about that. And then also, you know, along the way, when you're building your business and you're wanting to do it with integrity, keeping your soul intact, how do you make choices that align with what's right for you, even though sometimes you could be presented with options and opportunities that seem like something you've always wanted or were the opportunities of a lifetime, am I right over there? Absolutely. <laughs> opportunities of a lifetime, but then you something in you, it finally happens and something in you says, I don't know if I want that. There's something there and you have to listen to that calling. That's We're gonna talk a lot about that. Um, so, so first of all, Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the first, this is the only question I ever asked. It's always the same. And then the rest of the show, we're going to just going to riff. Totally. How do we get here? Like, and so it's sort of like the background bio. That's like where we can, you know, get into the, you know, how far back you can go. It's up to you, but totally. how do we get here? What was it that you said? Okay. I want to be a photographer. This is, I know that this is the direction I want to go in. Here's the pivots. Here's how, you know, why I need to make some changes. And here's where we are now. Like, go for it. Awesome. I've been doing photography since I was three years old, actually, if you can believe it. My dad was a hobby photographer. He took all my baby portraits and he said that, you know, because it was film, obviously, back in the day that he would click and get the film back and he'd say, oh, my God, I think the baby took this picture and it's like incredible. So that's kind of like where wow. my interest peaked in it. Um, and then from there, um, when I was about 12, I started taking photography classes, learning more and more, had a little point and shoot. Um, and then from there, uh, when high school, I started, you know, was shooting more digital than film and just started taking my friends and going to like abandoned houses and doing all that stuff, doing senior portraits. I remember charging like $30 for a two hour session with me. If like you can believe that, it's insane. And but yeah, so I really started my business at 16 years old, technically, like I've been making money now for 16 years off photography. So that's kind of where it all began. Um, didn't really think I could make it as a career. Maybe some doubts from mom and dad along the way um, wanted me to have a more stable path. Um, so yeah, exactly, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then I ended up going to college following a boyfriend at the time um, to Iowa State and was studying Latin and art history. And then when we broke up, I remember I actually jumped in a pool in Arizona at the time visiting my cousins. And I was like, I need to go for my dreams. I can't do this shit anymore. Like I need to just really go for it. So um, then I switched to going to Columbia College in Chicago, studied photography, started out in film, and that's where kind of um, my passion for black and white really developed. And then from there, I somehow partied with somebody that got me an internship at Vogue, if you can also believe that. It was really wild. We were just kind of hanging out, and she said, wow, I think you'd be perfect at Vogue. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what does that mean? And then the next day, I was on, like, the call with um, Vogue, and they were interviewing me, and I moved out to L.A. for my first internship. So it was really crazy. Everybody that was interning there at the time had interned for, like, Who, What, Where, or Balenciaga, or Dolce & Gabbana, and I was like, this is my first internship ever. And I moved out here, and I dropped out of school for this, and that's kind of where it happened. And at my internship at Vogue is where I, I would say I learned how to – like that I didn't know everything. I thought I was like, oh, I'm cool. I'm like, this is my first internship, blah, 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 blah. But then I realized, okay, I didn't know shit because they asked me to look up Loren Scott and I didn't know how to spell it. And because it's like L-W-R, like it was just a weird way. I'm like, Lauren, Laura, whatever. And she said, what are you even doing here? I have no idea why we hired you. Like you need to sit down and get coffee the rest of the week. And I was like, well, absolutely not. So I went on style.com. I started writing down 
all the names of every designer that's ever existed and that never happened again. So mm. like taking accountability and that's kind of where I learned like maybe I'm talented, but I need to learn. I need to spend time on education and I need to spend time in doing the work. So from there, they said if I graduated college, they would help me get an internship with Annie Leibovitz, which again, insane. Um, so I went back to school and then a week after graduation, I left for New York. I've never been to New York and mm. it was insane. So yeah, by then I was interning for Annie Leibovitz and then um, that was kind of where I learned to use my ears instead of my mouth really just soaked it all in um my first like so basically what happened is i thought i was gonna be a photo assistant but what turns out is because i was a girl and they wanted only guys lifting stuff on set to be photo assistants um i became a production assistant but i was like you know what i'm gonna just <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and just offer to do anything on set so i started driving trucks around new york city and uh yeah that's basically where like they kind of started seeing that i would do anything just to be there and just to like be a fly on the wall like i said i was the bottom of the barrel but i was in the barrel and i was jazzed to be there so um, yeah, from there, then the kind of photo assistant, like the lead photo assistant was like, hey, I think, you know, you have a lot of drive. Let's have you be a photo assistant. So I was one of the first photo assistants for Annie that was a female in about 10 years. Mm. So that was insane. And then from there, um, kind of like my career individually took off. I realized it was time to move on from learning and really just let the butterfly fly. And yeah, then from there, I started photographing uh, for V Magazine and working with models like Lucky Blue Smith and everything like that. And then Paper Magazine ended up kind of being the magazine that became like my grandfather. So that's mm. where from there I shot everybody from Tan France to Vince Staples to, you know, I don't even know everybody else. And uh, yeah, and then from there I ended up getting an opportunity to work for Kourtney Kardashian. And then I moved from New York to LA. And then the pandemic happened and a lot of... Um, We'll talk about it more with Matt, but uh, a lot of <laughs> choices kind of came up in my head that made it seem like it was the time to move on from that. And it included falling in love with my now fiance. And now I'm in Arizona. <laughs> Amazing. No, that's kind of a long winded thing, but no, no, no. I take oh, the steps. Oh, no. I think the longest somebody ever went was like 25, 30 minutes okay, deep cool. in the beach. I was like, well, all right. You know, yeah, I got to uh, get in. Yeah. You know, but no, um, what's there's a, there's a lot of things in there that I want to touch on. I was taking a couple of notes. Um, because it seems like uh, you lived one life and now you're living another one. And I think it's important to, to touch on that. We'll, and we'll jump, we'll jump into that here like more in a little bit. Totally. Be because obviously you wanted to make a change. Totally. So there were some things that maybe along the way you're like, I want to do some things differently. And I appreciate the, the fact that one, I know, yes, parents or whoever out there can always say, well, what's the stable path? Uh, I, was, I made a note of that about that because I think a lot of times, what do you mean you can make a job from photography? What do you mean you can earn a living from this or that? We are living in new times. So yes, technically, the permission to go do whatever you want um, and do it well, which brings to the second point, which is, you know, talented, but you need to learn. And and they use your ears instead At of your mouth. One point I always said I was like the most unprofessional professional photographer. I was relying solely on talent. Um, right. I thought, hey, I've got a great eye. What more do I need or what more? Like even I thought I didn't need to learn Photoshop at one point. Right. And then I realized, oh, I'm going to be at a huge disadvantage from every other photographer in the world if I don't learn Photoshop. Um, I was like, I can have all the standards in our world be like, I'm a, you know, a whatever. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, conventional. Yeah, exactly. I'm a genius. I can yeah. just take the photos. But like. That's how you work is, you know, you can't be a fashion photographer without noting Photoshop. So. Well, and I, and I love that that mindset, too, because um, it's like uh, so I'm a huge Kobe fan. And, uh, you know, Same. Kobe had a work ethic. And the reason um, it worked so well is because like he knew that, yeah, I'm 
one of the most or the most, you know, at that time, the talented basketball player ever. And so I can't just not show up. And he would talk about other players saying that, like, they'd have the talent. But the problem is that the reason why a lot of times he, didn't, he wouldn't rely on them is because he's like, well, I see you show up late. I see you always on your phone. I see you leave early. He's like, so, yeah, when it comes down to the final shot, I'm going to take it because you weren't there. And if you were there, at least I'd have somebody else to rely on. But you're relying on me, even if you don't want to admit that. But there's this whole conversation also about talent. And it's like, just because we have the talent doesn't mean that we can't. We have to respect it. And your talent at least got you in places that normally other people would have to like really prove themselves to get totally. into. The but talent got you in. Talent's as common as table salt. Yeah. That's yeah. always my favorite expression. Uh, like uh, hard work is what's rare. Yeah. And being the last person in the mile or whatever those kind of analogies are. But I just think, um, you know, there was a one point where all these boys were... They wanted to be the photo assistant too. And I just like for Annie and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do little things. Like I remember even during Hanukkah, I like got her like a little, you know, just a little bag of candy. And then she like went up to me and she was like, oh my God, I ate all the candy during editing. Thank you so much. And then we did the prayer, you know, for Hanukkah together. And like, how beautiful is that? And like, those were those special moments come from. And those were actually like humanized me and humanized her. Yeah. You know, um, those Mm. kind of small moments where you're like, I'm actually going to treat people like treat people or, you know, treat people like they're humans. And then um, so you have to have that moral kind of compass where like, yeah, I'm giving a small gift, which it doesn't mean shit to Annie. She's got millions of dollars. Why does candy make a difference? But it's the effort and the gesture. So that hard work and then also like relying on your principles and like sticking to your guns. Like my mom always told me to write thank you cards. Like even on the way here, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot Matt a thank you card. You know what I'm saying? I know. I grew up the same way. It's the same thing. It's that's where the morals and and the hard work also hand in hand, I think. So <laughs> let's jump into it then, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. So, so because I think, you know, talking about the morals, talking about the principles, talking about the hard work, the landscape has changed a lot, um, you know, and I get it. So, I mean, with the rise of social media, with the rise of a lot of different things, and I and I and I understand that because I, I grew up digital. I I helped usher in like a digital, like totally. I, I was all about digital strategy and digital media and all these other things. I didn't expect it to go in some of the directions that some people took. You know, like any technology, like anything, some people can use it for good, some people can not. Who use thought it Instagram was going to do what it is? I right. mean, partnering right. now with brands and like that, you'd get most of your advertising from an app instead of television or a billboard right. or whatever. It's like totally, but right. modernity is like what keeps us. You you have to keep up. Right, right, of course. And so along the way, I'm assuming, especially in, well, there's. I guess this is kind of a two part process I want to talk about because on one hand, it's sort of like what it used to mean to a lot like for the a lot of these types of industries that it's like oh i get to work with someone so i get to do these things it you i feel like it used to mean something totally. one way like the 90s and 2000s you know maybe even before that the 80s 70s depending on whoever's listening in their age group but like and i feel like it, a lot of these industries have changed a lot mm-hmm. too have you noticed that did you notice like a lot of like just um general mindsets, moving away from certain principles. Because I, I agree. I think that at one point in a lot of these jobs, the hard work was the one was what was um, you know, valued the most. And and then also your integrity and your ethics. Somewhere along the line in a lot of different industries, we started seeing kind of uh, a, a loose application of something. Also of these nepotism things. stepped in. You know what I'm saying? Or like all these other aspects that stepped in that meant more. And like unless you can, you know, whether or not it's God or luck or whatever you have it, like to even be in the room and there's so many other obstacles now is really hard, I think. Like that's what's really changed, you know. Like look at I don't know, Johnny Depp's daughter, like Lily Rose Depp. Like 
who gives a shit about her but she's famous because her mom was a model and Johnny Depp's her dad you know what I mean and then that's who we're now like having idolatry with and all these other things so it's kind of like yeah there's a lot of factors I think that go with it but yeah I mean just in general media has changed and people are idolizing you know TikTok girls or OnlyFans girls as well so like there's a lot of um I think when there's more media, there's more chances for like devilish shit. I guess that's how I would call it. Like that's where more of that stuff kind of starts to slip in. So the more media there is, the more opportunity you are to like see every side of things. Right. And and so and, and in some ways, the beauty, the beautiful responsibility and transparency of it all totally. is sort of like, listen, OK, you guys can see it all. There's everything that, you know, is going on. Um, and yes, you know, more options, more than everything, more inputs, more, more. Yeah. So now the individual has the responsibility, right? To think about like what feels good for me and totally. keeps me keeps me clear, keeps me focused on how I want to grow and build myself. So when you have to have guidelines for yourself, right? Like I mean, I remember I would not photograph anybody that was under eighteen. That mm-hmm. started to be like a really big thing for me. You know, I'm like, why am I photographing these like young girls in bikinis when they're fourteen? Like I just I honestly couldn't do it. Like I felt like I was you know, there's that you know, old when people say when you take your picture, they're taking part of your soul. And like, I just, I couldn't be a part of that um, matrix anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So that leads to then, you know, 2020 happens. What, you know, what, you know, what did you feel like you just wanted some changes? Like what were some of the things that were happening that you're like, you know, I want to, I want to make some changes. So right before the pandemic happened, I remember the week before LA and the world shut down, right? Um, I was at Kim Kardashian's house. I was taking pictures of, you know, like her pantry and doing all this stuff for Courtney and it was for her blog or whatever and feeling really good. I honestly felt like top of my game. And then I, what happened is like the whole world shut down and then I realized how, I don't know how unnecessary my job is. I guess that's also in a lot of ways. Like you can't take pictures unless, you know, there's people to photograph, right? Um, But actually during that time, I developed a thing called FaceTime shoots. So like it forced me to kind of be creative. Um, So and like now that's something I do for people all over the world. Like I create FaceTime shoots. I've done like 3,000 of them. And so Mm. that kind of opened my world. So knowing that there wasn't only the options of just my camera and that and like how to make money, but then also... I was looking around LA and I'm like, once I stopped being so busy and once the opportunity stopped being like handed to me, I kind of realized I was in LA and New York because, you know, like if, if I had actually photographed every person I'd been offered to photograph, my career would also be very different. But like, you know, hey, oh, we want you to shoot Dua Lipa. Oh, we want you to shoot Issa Rae or, you know, whatever opportunities that kind of came handed to me, they were dangling me and they were keeping me in LA when they didn't actually get fulfilled, if that makes sense. So yeah. I kind of like opportunities were keeping me there that desperate like I was desperate. That's how I felt. I felt like I was desperate for approval and I was desperate for these jobs because also it makes me look cool. When I photograph these people, it makes me look cool. And it, being around these people, like people, you know, idolize me because I've been in Courtney Kardashian's house. Who gives a shit? I was hanging out with her maids. I was hanging out with her security guard. Like there was actual real people and Courtney's actually a real person. And I spent time with her real children. But like for you to like put me on a pedestal because I've walked into someone's home, how bullshit is that? Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. So, yeah, that's basically when I started to realize that in my faith in God. So I started going to church and with friends and I started reading, you know, because we were actually talking about this earlier. Like I'm his, um, uh, like my background is Judaism, but I kind of started to see the whole Bible. So like the months leading up to the pandemic, I'd been going to church twice a week. I really like found myself aligned with God. And then kind of once the glasses got taken off during the pandemic, I was like, this really doesn't feel right for me anymore. It doesn't feel aligned. And I really feel like I have to leave I have to go um we were talking about that earlier like I felt a strong strong need to get the fuck out of there <laughs> no I and I and I love 
thank you for the vulnerability and the honesty about that. Of course. Because I, I feel it's, I think there's a lot of things in there where people have a hard time letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's okay to what you used to want, you no longer want. And I think that's having the permission for that because I think sometimes people are like, well, no, this is, I, I worked very hard for this. I'm like, yes, but now that you're there, there's you, power in letting go. Right. Like, do you really, do you really want that? Is that what you really ever wanted? Is that now that you are there, is that what you thought it was going to be? Or is it now the picture it really is? And how does that feel for your soul? Well, once I realized that, I was like, am I doing this because I actually enjoy it? Yes, I enjoy it. I love capturing people I respect. I love capturing actors and, you know, singers and writers and producers that create the films. Because films and TV and all that stuff inspire me so much and music. You know, and I love capturing people. But when it stops being about that and when it starts being about, like, I definitely felt at some point I was like, I'm going to prove all these fucking stupid kids from my high school wrong who Mm. called me names and made fun of me for this and whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm going to prove you all wrong. And once that angst started to go away, also started the the glory went away as well. And I think you can also have chapters like seasons and reasons. Um, You know, by the time I was 30, I really achieved pretty much my dreams. Like I was in major magazines. I could pick up, even just thinking about the idea of picking up a magazine and my work was in it was enough for me or like, I, my dream was to be on America's Next Top Model. Like when I was 12 and living in a small town in Illinois, that was like my only insight into the fashion world. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I was a guest photographer on that show, I'm like, maybe I didn't, you know, I, maybe I didn't get as much airtime as I wanted or maybe like this, or you can think about it, but I still did it. You know, or I was actually telling my fiance the other day, I'm like, maybe I didn't do a portrait session with Brad Pitt, but I shot a gallery show where he was a guest. Like I did photograph Brad Pitt, but maybe mm-hmm. not in the way I wanted to. So like life kind of like, works out as it should um, and God always handles you and takes care of you but like I said I achieved everything I wanted to by the time I was 30 and then my dreams changed so seasons and reasons right we were talking about this earlier like now my dream is to be like the best mother possible and to help provide for my family and to be the best wife possible like and then that's when I found my husband is when I you know started aligning my my dreams differently so um, yeah I just think you can have seasons and reasons was it as you were getting closer in your relationship with God, you know, and for everybody listening, we're not talking about religion at this moment. We're talking about having a conversation with your soul, having a relationship with yourself and tapping in and understanding, you know, God and like, what do you really want for yourself? Absolutely. And, and how are you really showing up for it? And it's, and, and everybody listening, you know, something to think about, like we can want a lot of things, but you can't want things from the world and then not behave like them as well. You, it's a reciprocal, it's a reciprocating process. It's like, and so you even see even like in relationships, people say like, oh, this is what I want in a person. Like, cool. Are you behaving like that? I became a person of God and then found, found a man of God, a hundred percent. And like we go. said, it's not really about a religious thing. And we, we, we had a great conversation before this even got recorded, guys. But we were just saying how like it doesn't matter what your relationship with God, universe, or whatever. You can have it however it sees fit and whatever keeps you aligned to your morals because like being a human you can have temptation on either side right and when you choose to like actively listen to your morals um i always say this like you can have your morals and you can have what you're doing and if they don't align then that's an issue yeah 
Um, and, you know, even like when we were saying earlier, like photographing younger girls or, you know, exploiting people, you know, like even America's Next Top Model was my dream come true. But a year later after it came out, people were, they were saying they were abusing contestants. And then I talked to some of my friends that I've made from the show and they were like abusing them. Mm. So like why, or like Ansel Elgort gets accused of rape. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all these people that I photographed, Ezra Miller, like all these horrible like things. So it's like, again, this limelight is shown on it and then it's like what's actually going on. And I'm like, so I'm glorifying these people that are doing horrendous shit and feeling like I'm getting my, I'm like fulfilling myself by capturing people that are not morally sound. It, and for what? To prove to people that like I could do it? I Just mean, to prove that I could meet them? Like I, how fucked up is that? I mean, that's 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 a harsh reality to come to yeah. where, and, and again, so this, the, there's the, you're just the talented person that's coming to do really good work without knowing the context of the people. And I'm, I'm painting that picture for anybody listening because sometimes people are like, how could you? It's like, first of all, you didn't know. I didn't know that. And I think that the hard part is too, and, and I'll give you know, as, a, as an example, like I know that in business, I remember uh, at times like taking on really good contracts uh, uh, in terms of consulting and, and making a bunch of things happen with different people. Only that once you're inside and you find out other things, you're like, this doesn't feel right. Oh shit, you know, and you have to, to your point about having a moral compass and be like, now that I'm learning some of these new things, I can't do this. I have to, you know, I have to excuse myself. I have to leave from doing it. Right. You have you to know, walk it. You know, you can't just talk it. Right. You can't say that you're a person of God and then still doing things that don't align with it. Right. Right. hundred percent. And yeah, no walking away. Um, like I said, and we we're, you know, just also talk about failures, the idea of a failure. Like for me, you know, I've definitely had those seasons. I'm like, is, was moving out of LA like considered a failure? And I'm like, why would it be considered a failure? I it bought a, a house. It was a promotion. I bought a house. I have a beautiful like fiance. I've got a, the best dog in the entire world. You know what I'm saying? And what I realized is when I was doing all that stuff, I was very fulfilled in my career, but I was very unhappy. Like actually at my core and I was very alone. And I was very much like, yes, I was working on myself and like working out and whatever. But like, you know, the deep work that I've been doing the past couple of years, or I would say from 28 on is what like, that's what life's about is to heal parts of yourself. Because, you know, we all have our like, I, you know, uh, Tana Amin says, you know, you can either have PTSD or you can have PTSD, which is like post-traumatic stress versus like post-traumatic growth. So you can either take your experiences in life and like turn them into ugly things or you can grow from it. So, mm. yeah. No, but I, I mean, and I, I give you a lot of credit from uh, observing yourself in those moments and saying, this isn't going to work for me. And it and it couldn't work for me anymore because like, and then you also have choices in your life. Like I remember, um, I mentioned it to you earlier, like I had an opportunity to photograph Kanye West, but it happened to be in the same week that was going to be my, my last Thanksgiving at my childhood home. My mm -hmm. mom had like slaved over this meal. It was like my high school reunion that weekend. And I had already come home a day late because I did like a video about God with Chance the Rapper and his musical director. So like that felt aligned with me. I felt good about that, right? change my ticket to come home on Friday. But then on Friday or Saturday morning, I get this call from my old boss at Vogue. And she's like, you know, this is going to be the cover of the magazine. You're going to photograph Kanye West, like get on a flight back. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I posted a video kind of talking about it on my Instagram about how I said no to that and how I chose to like 
spend that last holiday in my family home, which I grew up in, and go to my high school reunion. And look what happened is I ended up <laughs> connecting with my now husband, you know, at our high school reunion because I'm with a guy that I've met since I, or known since I was 13. So like all those choices matter and all those choices lead up to something because little choices end up making like a bigger impact in your life. Like I said, imagine if I had flown home, I would have shot a cover of Kanye West. How sick. But like what for? For it right. to be thrown away the next day, for it to be in someone's trash the next day, what for? For my portfolio? And and this is a really big topic because I get that a lot of people say it's an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm like, you got to let go. Because if, if you're, if, is it an opportunity of a lifetime or is it just because you, it's a part of, it's fulfilling an expectation in your head that you had to be to fulfill your worth and value? 100%. Because to your exact point is you followed and integrity, you followed your soul. Your soul was like, no, stay at home. I'm guiding you. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, it guided you right to your high school reunion. It guided you right to your husband. Yeah. And like, I think anybody listening would, depending on where you're at in this, depends on where you're at in your journey. I don't, you know, some of you are like, I will never get married. And like, that's a different, that's a different topic, you know? Um, but because like when you realize the, the beauty of union, the beauty of marriage, the beauty of like teamwork, not having to do everything all by yourself, but like create a kingdom life together, you know, all these things. And so I, but I think it's cool that it shows that you surrendered to your soul, mm -hmm. your soul guided you and got an even greater outcome. And I think sometimes people have a hard time letting go because like this opportunity will never come around again. Like whatever is meant for you will come around again. But you that that's but that's a trust fall with God. And there's a reason why Elsa from Frozen has a song called, you know what I mean? That blew up for like little children to let it go. Like it's truly like let it go. Because if I'd held on to that idea, like, and then I didn't actually see the results of like, because me and Dylan didn't even actually get together until two years after that mm. Saturday. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't actually see the results of that decision to not go and photograph Kanye West until much later. Mm. But that's why you have to trust the process. You have to trust where you're at and trust yourself because at the end of the day, like you could die tomorrow. Like, mm -hmm. and wouldn't I have been glad? Like, what if I, had, you know, who knows what would have happened? I could have gotten on that plane, gotten a car accident. Something could have happened to me also. But like, at least I would never regret not spending time with my mom. Or like, you know, there's this one time, um, I, there was, my brother used to live with Chance the Rapper's musical director. And there was like a party. It was New Year's Eve. Everybody was like, Katie, like you're, if you stay, you are going to fucking hang out with Chance the Rapper and Skrillex. And we're going to have like the craziest night mm -hmm. ever. And my mom called me crying that morning. And she was like, I really just want to spend time with you. You don't live with me anymore. And like, I really want to spend New Year's with you. And so I chose to spend New Year's with my mom. But do you know what happened two years later? Is my brother, I mean, I remember that next morning, my brother was like, oh my God, we smoked with freaking Skrillex and Chance and it was crazy and whatever. And then two years later, I ended up in Skrillex's apartment because my friend was working for him and we smoked, chilled, you know what I'm saying? It was a whole vibe. And then same with Chance. I got to tell Chance that he connected me to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, like one of his lyrics helped me like align with God years later. So it's like maybe I didn't party with Chance on New Year's and maybe I didn't party with Chance or Skrillex on New Year's, but I had different moments in my life that like they came around. God provided them for me. Right. But because I spent the time with my mom, like I literally had the exact same situations, but in a better form because I trusted myself. When I think, you know, you bring up another really great point where and because I, I get it because some people would say, well, you know, maybe if you'd gone and done the Kanye West and if, if your husband's really for you, another opportunity would have been presented. And it's like, yes, but it's also not the point. Like, because totally. the point is sort of like, how are you always making decisions? Because the, the, the good decisions are 
are also speeding up divine timing is what I say. I love I, that. I, I did, a, I did a, a solo podcast episode on, uh, on The Niches You where I said divine timing speeds up the moment you decide to step into it. But stepping into it is usually the decisions that you are making and it's the free will choices. It's the better, it's the better path that you know that you're, it, it's, tr- it's real divine trust. Yeah. It's a trust wall with God, it's a trust wall with yourself and you're just like, no, this just feels right, this is what I'm gonna do. And not being attached to like, no, because if I don't do this thing, then this thing won't happen in my life. That's not how life is going to work. In fact, not you get all. rewarded for doing good things, good, good ways, good moves. I don't know. And then also you think about, I'm like trying to think of where I'm going with this, but it's just like when you're actually trusting people and like you actually feel aligned with your purpose, like you're able to share and to give. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that earlier. Like I had a friend um, in LA, he told me that if I didn't start using people, that I was not going to be successful. He's like, if you really want to like step this shit up, he's like, if you want to like become that like number one photographer that you have the potential to be like that world renowned, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you I gotta start asking for favors. You gotta start using people. And I was like, yeah, it's time to go. We gotta get the fuck out of here. And, and I love that you did that because I think that is some bullshit old paradigm thinking um, from a crabs in a bucket mentality, scarcity mentality. It's funny, you see a lot of people do well with a scarcity mentality, you know, of like, this is what you have to do to get there. No, that's how it used to have to be. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Um, nowadays, that the beautiful side of social media, the beautiful side of, of, uh, side of connecting with people all over the world is like, oh, I actually get to talk from a place of my morals and values. I get to do it the way I can envision doing it with totally. my soul intact. Oh, and by the way, and I've and I said this a million times, it's so wild to me in business. I can take any business that's like doing things um, for the wrong reasons and be like, I can 10x you from doing it the right way. Yeah. Why is it so weird for you to think that doing things for the right reasons will actually be 10 times more profitable? Higher retention of your employees, higher retention of your, of your customers, you know, better practices and processes within your organization. You know, people are better mental wellness with your with your 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 own employees, like better, you know, higher. Matt, are you saying if you treat people with respect and dignity and pay them fairly that you're going to have a better business? Like, no shit, dude. But nobody fucking thinks of things. I'm sorry, I'm swearing so much, but it's like nobody thinks of things that way. Like, it's true. Like, duh. But like they don't want to do that and they don't want to treat people right because they're so self-centered and they're so self-focused. But if you're. Like always trying to take instead of give, you're never going to grow. Well, even in, and we're not going to call out any of the industries. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to go there because I don't want to give them any of the energy. But it's like even the faulty products, the faulty business models, the, I mean, they're doing great in terms of money. Yeah. But like their, but their things are, their, their output is not very healthy. Let's just say that. And anybody listening, you can pick an industry and, you know, put your imagination to it. And it's funny is because when I think about that, I'm like, or taking care of people really well would have much more longevity in your business and repeat business and they'll refer more people and you'll have less problems, less lawsuits. And they don't care because they're like, oh, we make billions. I'm like, great. Why don't you go for even more from doing the right thing? Yeah. And it's so, and it, and I get it it's like short term thinking I'm like yeah but even even in this day and age now like you can do the right thing in a shorter period of time like do really well in fact much better and it's You can just, do one thing you know a million different ways right but yeah. like most of the time there's two options right to do one morally or to do things you know fast efficiently or, you know you know cost effective or whatever those kind of negative terms but you know it's all a choice at the end of the day It's all a choice and so you know I and that's why it's and it and it's only gotten louder 
in the world. But at the same time, again, kudos to a digital world where more people are like, oh, well, here, here's what these products actually really stand for. Oh, hey, here's what's really the ingredients in these products. Oh, hey, here's what the, and like, and I think that that's why the old paradigm is also, I mean, we're living in a very spiritual time. Yeah. So a lot of like the old ways aren't surviving, but they're trying to do really weird things yeah. to like kind of make it look like they're still surviving. <laughs> yeah. Where like the rest of us are like, you know, we can see you, right? Like, what? Take off the blinders. Yeah, you're like, yeah, and if you can't see it, then take off your blinders because that's also the thing too is like, you know, um, like in the past year, like I just shot a Harper's Bazaar cover, but mm -hmm. it's with somebody who's like my actually my mentor right now. Mm -hmm. And she is like a complete woman of God. Her husband is a complete man of God. And it's like, look at that. I still shot a Harper's Bazaar cover. There you go. But with somebody that's aligned with God. And so how can you mix those both worlds? And then how can you have a greater impact too? Like, because that's the thing is we're all butterflies that belong to the world. You know what I mean? I've always said that. Like, I just needed to like, I need to like spread my wings and give it. But it's like the more you, yeah, like self-focusedness and that, like the more you'll have to give and the more you can like impact. Like even this right now, like I was thinking about doing it. I'm like, you know, I might not have like a script ready for this and I might just be ripping off the cuff, but it's like, I don't know, like it, it could have a larger impact and it could have some, it could be something bigger than me. Yeah. And that's the whole point of life, right? That's the point of authenticity. Yeah. All of us just being exactly who we are versus like, you know, kind of the masks that like have been shaped by a lot of these industries and saying like, no, this is how you have to do it. Like, so, well, no, that's how you were maybe taught to do it. And that's how, you know, everybody had to like kind of make their way and all this other stuff. But that's also coming from a lot of different personalities and character, characters in a game in a matrix or whatever of like yeah. doing things a certain way and it's like well imagine if you just did it from your authentic self and that you know and, and i get i think you know i had to learn um i you know we talked about that a little bit it was like it was interesting because um when i was interviewed on one podcast and the, and the woman said you know she had a lot of trust issues growing up she's like mm -hmm. easy for you that you know you know you trusted people i had a horrible trust issues and i was like easy for me you know, I was like, the fact is, is that I went into a lot of different situations. Yes, yeah, very trusting. And I, I still I am still love being a knowing how to discern trust, you know, but I had to learn that, like, not everybody is going to behave, you know, appropriately. And, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And I think that that's that's why we have to understand who we are. We have to understand our principles. We have to understand our morals. Like once I started realizing like, oh wait, not everybody's going to move like me. Th that's also like know? the principle. Like when I started going to church, like I remember I used to think like, so I stopped drinking seven years ago. And when I stopped drinking, that was kind of like the time where like I used to be very angry. Like my most insecure self used to come out when I was drinking, like all these kind of de like inner demons. Right. And then the opposite kind of happened. Exactly what you said. I trusted everybody. I was so kind to everybody. I didn't want to be that girl that was snappy or whatever. Like I just, I was so opposite, but then it burned me. But then I realized like once I went to church, I'm like, you don't have to be kind to everybody. And not saying kind, but you don't have to be like a hundred percent to people that aren't like aligned. You know what I'm saying? Like I you don't do. have to. Yeah. I'll, like, yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge. I know what you mean. Okay. So, and I did an episode the other day. I said, you can be kind. Um, and have boundaries. That's exactly so because it. because as we know, when we learn in our spirituality, grace. So if you're being an asshole to me, I'm gonna have grace, knowing that one, this is nothing to do with me, mm -hmm. but also I don't have to put up with it. Absolutely. And so there's this so there's this boundary of like I'm not gonna sit here and now judge you, and I'm not gonna sit here and and and, and treat you the way you're treating me. In fact, that is my grace. That is my kindness. But the boundary is, is that this this interaction is going to stop here and there isn't any more to be had from here. Yeah, like you don't need to be generous to the guy that's being a dick to you. Right. So like, you know what I mean? You can just be like, all right, I'm going to move on. But that's like, 
but but you learn but you learn that both but we learn that from the you know from interacting in this world and seeing like you know and not not being traumatized but leaning in saying okay when this happened like so was i too nice here okay what would i have done differently next time and i always ask people to just just start ask yourself questions be your own best friend along the way be your own mentor right and it's like okay so that you you were really nice you know i'm never gonna be nice again no that's not the lesson we're, we're meant to actually be kind, happy, loving, peaceful people. It doesn't mean that the world is always operating that way, just that you may be and you're, wanting, you're hoping that everybody else is and unfortunately they may not. So the, the, the question you can ask yourself is, okay, if I'm really kind and now knowing that this person might have abused that situation, you can now next time say, hey, listen, I want to be very upfront. Here's what I'm, I'm able to bring to the table or here's what I'd like to see with the business deal. Here's what my wants or needs are in this transaction or in this whatever or maybe it's just like from you know a a personal side it's like hey listen you know i just want to know where you're coming from because i want to be able to a hear you out but also see if it's aligned with me and if it's not aligned i'm not going to even judge you yeah you know what like as long as relationship yeah like yeah it's basically it's just it's actually compassion right and relationship building it's like listen i don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do but i also don't want to lose me in the process to make sure of that for you yeah, and then you're because that's being people pleasing. That's, that's people pleasing, and that's other, not, and yeah. people pleasing isn't going to be honest. And 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 then you get a lot of people say like, oh well, you know, it's I've got a good heart. I'm like, no, no, no. People pleasing is a is an ego thing, because your heart is actually the most honest like area. It's the governing system from the chakras. It's the governing system for your spirituality with God, your connection to self, soul. Like your heart is basically saying like, listen, I'm going to put. Uh, the right thing above self-interest. So even if like telling you the truth, then, you know, I lose this deal or like we're not going to be friends anymore or whatever it might be, but it's still doing the right thing. I'm putting that first over like the self-interest of like, oh, I got to maintain, you know, to keep this deal going. Or, you don't want to be a chameleon because right? that's, I mean, that's what started happening with me. I, like I couldn't have an opinion about anything really. Like I was always, and again, it was maybe like a good trait that I could kind of relate to so many people. I had so many life experiences. It made me like that chameleon in that way. But then when I started being like, okay, I actually have to like hide parts of myself and like not be my authentic self. Yeah, exactly. To like survive and like thrive and make money. Like that's crazy. Like, and because I don't know, then you didn't, then you just really feel, right. you well, feel like shit. Right. When you have to, <laughs> when, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you have to alter yourself, I mean, that's, and that's what discernment is a beautiful gift because it's sort of like, okay, if I have to alter myself my, from my authentic self, then I should not be here. And I have to make that decision then at that moment to be like, you know what, I'm going to have to go in a different direction, you know, uh, and, and I, and I get it because people also like to avoid confrontation, like, oh, but if I tell them that I'm like, yeah, but then, so it's okay for you, then you to bleed. Yeah. So you, you have to kind of be like, and I think that's where relatability and empathy and compassion meets discernment and directness and clarity, because then you can say to the person like, listen, this is what I'm I'm feeling from this situation. It doesn't make how you want to do things wrong. It just doesn't feel right for or me. Or aligned, yeah. You know, and so I don't want to hold, like however you want to proceed, I want that for you. In fact, that's actually love. Like I want you to have everything that you want to have, but this doesn't feel right for me. And it's not even a judgment of you. I'm just saying that like something feels off. I can't even tell you what it is. I just know that something feels off. Let me get out of your way. Go align, align with even more people who want to do it. And I'll go in the direction that I need to go. And then now we're both preserving peace and our own happiness versus me giving up myself for you to do this job or do this whatever. And I think that that's where I think a lot of people have a hard time, even in relationships, right? Well, and when you stop like... 
you know, maybe you're feeling kind of like the odd man out, right? Like, okay, maybe, oh, are my boundaries a little too much or are my boundaries like maybe like, you know, whatever, because they're not aligning with who I'm surrounding myself. Surround yourself with other people. Yeah. Like that's what needs to happen. If you stop aligning with the people that you're surrounding yourself with, it's time to get a new circle. Like hence me moving to Arizona and like, you know, our mutual friend, Nicole, it's like, and then now we're friends, like, right. It's like you, you create these kind of, you start aligning yourself that with people that are on the same growth level as you, and then you can keep expanding. But if you keep uh, hanging around people that are lower vibrations than what you truly are and like that represent the growth that you've done for yourself, you're never going to survive and you're never going to succeed. That's why that's why I said um, uh, historically dark has never won. Light always wins. Because if you think about it, because as the circles get better and better and better and better and they bring that expansion and that light is more and more and more and more. The, the other just eats itself and it goes away over time. Or that's what you can think about. Like, yeah, like my wedding, like who's there is the people that were pinnacle, not the everything in between. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like and that's a really good like I remember I'm like I keep thinking about when I'm looking out at my wedding I'm like each person played a role here and then there's a lot of people that got left behind and that makes me sad it makes me feel sad about relationships I'd spent time with it makes me sad because you know there's people I thought maybe meant more to me than I meant to them and that's sad and it makes me hurt and whatever but yeah you know I I was reflecting on that recently and something that was very helpful for me is when I look back you know what, I'm very grateful for when they were in my life and what they were doing for me at that time. And, you know, I mean, not, not that every relationship is like that when you look back, but like, but I think about, you know, the, the, the contribution that they were making to my life at that time. And while they're, you know, no longer there. And sometimes, by the way, sometimes they come back around like years and years later. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you veer off into completely different paths that are, well, different. You're in the, you're in your own path, but they're not running parallel anymore. But yeah, when I think about, you know, some of them, you know, I realize that maybe never again. I, I know that too. And, and so um, the reason I'm saying this out loud is because there were moments where I even had, when you were saying, talking about like proving yourself to like high school mm-hmm. people, it's like, oh, did you not believe in me? Did you think this? Did you think that? You know, yeah. and it's like, um, and then I realized like, no, like I don't think any of that even at all matter. Like why would I even attach myself to that like thought? Yeah. It's like, you know what? Thank you so much for the time that we spent. And like, I love and appreciate you. And like, if that's where, if that was the only season you were ever going to be a part of, thank you for contributing to the novel that is Matt's story. And I appreciate you. Well, that's gratitude and having faith right there. Because if you truly like have faith, then you realize like, yeah, everything happens for a reason then. Right. And, and, you know, and so they're, they're, they're the person guiding you to the next step of your life, the next phase. Anyways, you're like, thank you. (laughs) You know, like you, you. Once, you know, and I get it, I get it because I, I'm, a, uh, I'm a huge believer in gratitude and I get that it, it, it gets constantly talked about online, like have an attitude of gratitude. But like, and I'm a, I'm, and this is what I use the Niches You podcast. I like going further into like, here's the parts they don't explain when they actually say, have an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. It's like, and like, can we dissect what that really is? And I, I, I found that as I started like understanding what that means more and more. And it's like, yeah, look at the bigger picture of like what was actually happening or take a step back and see like, were you actually protected and promoted, you know, versus like you thinking you were getting rejected or, you know, overlooked. Maybe you were actually protected. Maybe you were being promoted into something even way better. And, and you, after a while, you used to go, oh, my God, like, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank For you. For protecting thank you. me and like, yeah. saving me. And yeah. Keeping my soul intact and like right? all those other things. No, I totally, totally agree. So it, and so it's interesting where the human in us attaches sometimes to this expectation and outcome that we want. And my question to everybody is, 
but could it be greater than you can imagine? And it usually is if we can surrender what we think should be the outcome versus what's probably really intended for us. And that's a letting go process. That's a spiritual process as well. Well, and then like, or I don't know, like even when we talk about success, right? The whole point of the podcast is like the what goes underneath, right? And it's like, if you looked at me from an outside viewer, like people looking at you, you can see all these accomplishments or whatever. But then like, I think about what my, like I want to do, like my ultimate, like I would love to direct music videos. I would love to have my own gallery show. Like I'd love to have a coffee table book. Like I'd love to have my own workshops, right? Like bigger, like you, as long as you can keep dreaming bigger, then notches on the belt don't matter so much. You know what I'm saying? It's all part of one big journey, right? But like, we're all kind of we're all trying to dream bigger and we're all trying to just do our best every day and like be the best versions of ourselves. So I don't know. I just think um, like anybody listening to this, that you can always keep going. Well, I, you know, and I, I, I like that. Yes, you can always dream bigger. And the interesting part too, is that um, you can dream so far outside the box. And I feel like sometimes we attach ourselves when we're younger to dreams that we were kind of told, well, that's what success looks like. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, it, you know, like for you, like, oh, if I'm a photographer for all these people. Okay, well, what if like your work, your photography of nature or of architecture or of like, you know, whatever it might be, becomes like the biggest gallery in the world? What if you, maybe what if the talent was really meant for you yeah. to use for you? And what if on top of that, you now have workshops teaching ages like five on up? to like people who are, you know, deciding that they're now in retirement and they want to do like, you know, learn photography. And what if, you know, now you're capturing, um, you know, spirituality and, and, you know, how do you bring it into the material plane from a spiritual world? Like, and all these different things, like suddenly you're just like, holy shit, like it's, it's endless. And, and, and versus like, no, I, I did this work for just these people and these things. And therefore, you know, that's, that's my identity. I did a, like a, I'll do real estate headshots now. Like I'll bring yeah. a studio set up and whatever. And then, you know, somebody didn't didn't know who I was, right? She just thought I was, you know, like not saying a regular photographer, but didn't know like right. what I want people to feel when they're in front of my lens, right? Yeah. And she stopped me after and she was like, I was so nervous about today, but like, thank you for making me feel seen and thank you for making mm-hmm. me feel beautiful and thank you for making me feel authentic. And I was like, taking it back, right? Because it's not, it's not that Kourtney Kardashian pulled me aside and did that, but it's somebody just like a hardworking person that wanted to like expand their career and like show people who they are. And like, that's what matters. You know what I'm saying? It has a bigger impact than, you know what I mean? Just the idolizing things that we were talking about earlier. Well, yeah. Well, now you're helping individuals understand more of their own value versus some who are like, you know, more. It's repackaging <laughs> yourself. Like, yeah. that's why, like, I mean, again, in terms of branding, because branding is important, right? So, like, how do I take this move that I've done and turn it into a, a branding opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And what I say now is, like, I love taking all that, like, power I had with photographing stars and turn the, every person into a star and make them feel like the most authentic self. And how much power is in that? Right. And how cool does that sound? Like, when I tell people that, they're like, okay, let's hire you. And I'm like, yeah. all right, let's go. You know, so I think it's, um, you can take you know, things that maybe somebody would have viewed as a mistake. Like I think, you know, I haven't been to New York in two years now. Like to me, that was like, I never, that was the first love of my life. Like truly, like I fell in love with that city. But the fact that I don't feel the need to go back there and I don't feel desperate enough for it anymore is like, it's freeing. Yeah. 
Well, you know, and I know I know it's a different energy when I, I was there recently. Uh, it, um, you know, it. I mean, it's where my family's originally from, and you know, and I remember it. You know, one way, and you know, but yeah, right, moving right along. Right, <laughs> right. I, you know, I've been out west too long. What can I say? I'm in the desert. I'm in the desert. We'll just, you know. Well, but then that's also the thing is people act like you. I always say, you know, my advice for people like say if you want to move to New York and you feel like okay, that's like a dream of yours, do it mm-hmm. for a month. Rent a really expensive apartment that's furnished in Soho. Have a great time. Save up for it. Live your dream for a month and then get the fuck out of there. Like, it's true. Because and then you can say you did it. Because like, right. just like I was saying with earlier, maybe you didn't have a one-on-one portrait well, session with Brad Pitt, but I did it. Right. Well, you know, and you actually, there's a really good point in there too, is because sometimes what happens is people, um, they build up a huge narrative in their head for however long. Yeah. They finally do go and do it. Then now they feel committed to it, even if they actually do it and they feel like, oh, wait a minute was this what I really wanted? You're like, and it's, and, and I get it. It's okay to say no, but they don't know it's okay to say no. So they stay even longer in something that they maybe didn't want. And I, that's why I like, I tell people constant iteration. Your life is constant iteration. Like don't overthink it. Don't underthink it. Take a moment. Don't be afraid to do move it, on. Do it. And, yeah. then, and then does it resonate with you or not? Like everything. Is, and, I, and I get it. Cause like, I think the, this, like this concept of failure is where people get really held up. I failed. I failed. No, you got a piece of information to tell you what move to make next. That's your life. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's the simplicity of it. And like, no, I mean, I lost this and this happened. Like, no, no. What you did is you got some information. Yeah. And now you're like, okay, the next question you ask yourself is like, well, what should I do next? And you didn't know what to do next previously until you made a move. You made a move, and this is what gave, gave you the information. Even if it was a good thing that happened, okay, yeah. what do you do next? When you have to stop caring what people think. Like I had a friend at my bachelorette party. She's like sitting on the like the pool floaty, and she's like, "Arizona's nice," and I'm like, "And you live in New York, but like your life was different when you moved to New York. You moved to New York when you were single. You moved to New York when you were in a weird place. Now you have a committed relationship. You guys are sharing a box in Brooklyn." Like that doesn't sound great. Go and freaking adopt a dog and move somewhere nice and like have a family and like, you know, just stop stop staying somewhere longer than you need to because of unrealistic expectations you put on yourself and what and caring what other people think. But I think that that right there is 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 everything. Everybody is living the exact life that they have created in their own image. Mm-hmm. And it, they've created it on Instagram That's, too, that, by the way. Yeah, well, so they've you know, curated it. So we, yeah, and I was I was watching a few people who who were talking about the um the actual like percentage of um falseness of of like all the content. Oh, I again, I because I grew up as a digital strategist and watching from like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand all the way to mm-hmm. today, like watching it how how it's um you know just kind of changed. It's it's so wild to me because. Uh, and I get it, you know, everybody's kind of presenting whatever lifestyle real that they they want to. And I'm like, that's not the reality, you know, at all. They feel forced to, too, as yeah. well, and they feel pressured to. And so, like, right. again, not giving a fuck what people think about you, have to say about you, what they think of your life. Because what actually happens is they actually don't care. That's the thing I realized. Like, I thought all these people were going to judge me when I moved here. And I was like, oh, they're going to think this and they're going to think I failed and they're going to think this. And I'm like, no, everybody actually is not jealous of me, but they're they want what I have for sure. They want a nice life. They want a person that cares about them. That's what we all want is we all just want love at the end of the day. And I can guarantee you if you like, you know, we were saying it earlier, not everybody's supposed to get married or I was definitely that person that was like, I'm going to be very happy being single my whole life. I'll adopt kids. I'll adopt dogs and I don't need a man. And I'm, you know, I'm self-sufficient. Right. But like how my friend said this the other day, she's like the amount of growth that I've seen in the two years, three years you've been with Dylan is so much more than what I've seen the 10 years of you on this like 
you know, insane career path. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I've actually seen the most growth is when you find the person that you love and get to share that life with. There's an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Love that. Right. And, um, you know, hyper independence culture. You know, I listen. <laughs> I, I, I tell people like, you know, there's the reason why there's that famous expression, no man is an island, like meaning like you're not meant to do things alone. Now, I'm not saying that your your character building, your personal development, you know, yeah. yes, is your responsibility. Your your individuality is yeah. your responsibility. But you learn to expand on that even more when you have great people around you, especially in a committed relationship. I'll never forget when I had a, a rabbi um, years ago. I'll, I remember when uh, I, I was divorced and now by like two years, building everything I was building online. I mean, nothing has stopped me. I was posting seven, eight, nine times a day. I was building this. I had an online publication. I had like, I mean, it was just, I wouldn't stop. And we sat down for coffee and he's like, you know, I love your hustle. I was like, okay. He was like, I feel like you're going to give me a lesson, <laughs> you know, which, cause that's what rabbis do. And he's like, I love your hustle. And I know how you feel about, you know, um, divorce and being unsure about, you know, marriage and all this other stuff. And so this is, this is just a, a, a bigger lesson for everybody listening as well too. And he said, you're good. Like you're really good at what you do. And I was like, thank you. And he goes, you could be great. And he wasn't saying that I couldn't be great alone. What he was trying to say is, and you guys have to understand this is a rabbi. This is also, you know, and, and for any of the women listening, this is a compliment to you all. Um, he was saying that, so in, in the Jewish culture, um, women are um, not Jewish women. Just the idea of women mm -hmm. is that um, they are uh, more intuitive, right? I mean, a lot of women always say, oh, they're more intuitive. They're, there's an innate wisdom that they just have from this intuition and a higher connection to God. And he was basically saying that not, not more of a connection than men do. So again, you know, cause I know how people all get like, you know, this isn't a big comparison thing. He was, he was complimenting and saying that, um, he's like, as a man, he's like, I want you to just at least consider it again. And he's like, and the reason being is he's like, there's so many things you can do by yourself. Totally. When you have a teammate, that was what he was implying. Everybody listening. When you have a teammate that is in their individual like, you know, ownership of who they are and their, their grace and their wisdom. He's like, especially for you as a man, like a, the woman's powerful intuition He's like, you will be even greater because you know, you're in the game with somebody you can, they can see other, they can help you grow. Yeah. They can, they, there's, you can see more about yourself when you are in interaction with another and the two of you are moving together and doing things together or creating more or a family or whatever it might be. You end up learning more about yourself because they're almost like a reflection in some way of you of like, oh, hey, like I saw this, you know, or, you know, do you need help with that? Or like, or how you communicate. Or how you, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I mean, I know I'm going on a tear, but. No, but I think that's also when you say like, it's not just finding a man or a woman. It's not, it's finding a good man or a woman. Cause that's a, like, I was engaged once to a very weak man. Um, I'll just straight up say that. Like he was a photographer. He was extremely jealous of me. I thought, you know, we had all the potential in the world to be like a photographer duo. I wanted to help him. I gave him tons of opportunities. You know what I mean? But he was someone that really aligned with the seven deadly sins. 
he was a sloth. He was lazy. He was gluttonous. He was all these things. And it was, I like actually had a tarot card reading over a friend and it said, you're aligning. Like I pulled the seven deadly sins and I pulled the seven virtues. She was like, what the fuck? Like, how did that even happen? But I was like, you're aligning yourself with people in the seven deadly sins, but your actual morals are the seven virtues. And that was, that's honestly where I broke up with him. I was like, that, that you know what I'm saying because when you when God's talking to you you have to listen and to me that was one of those moments where I'm like this is too weird to like not listen so but now I realize you know like my, my relationship now is like I didn't just pick Dylan because I was 30 and I thought I was going to be dried up and you know it's time to settle down right but I picked Dylan because you know we're a great partnership like yeah. we balance each other like with our dog like you should I mean I can even see it how we're going to be with children we're so tag teaming he's letting her out I'm feeding her we're this the that it's like so fluid in motion and like he is not a jealous person and he always encourages me like right before I got here he goes babe you got this you're gonna kill it like you know what I'm saying like an actual partner and teammate who is my biggest fan and I'm his mm -hmm. so I think it's like you know you don't necessarily have to have a relationship because I do think it's better to be alone than to be with the wrong person absolutely 100% but I think it's a good goal to have to find your other person, which means like finding your other person is when you've done the work. You know what I mean? That, like that's exact. I mean, I think that that's exactly is because and I and I get because everybody wants to say like, no, this is what happened to me, so this is the only route. Mm -hmm. This is what happened to me, so this is the only route. And you have to like I, I tell everybody like stop like you you can't live off of a narrative from a, a past experience as a past experience. The real question is, what do you want? Like, what would you ideally want? Not like all, all men are this or all women are that or all this and this is how it always happens in business and this is like no 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 okay what do you want yeah. what do you want and you have to start surrounding yourself with good people like and I remember exactly. I um, started hanging out with really 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 good couples that I admired mm -hmm. before I found Dylan and I there was a big mindset shift when I was like okay it's not that I'm a third wheel here because I'm not my man is just out getting pizza he's just not here yet that's like the mental shift I had I was like He's just on his way. He's just not here yet. Yeah. So it's he's still there. He's still out there. He was still present. He was still making his way to me. Yeah, there's like a song that says make it to me. And it's like, that's how I honestly started feeling when I was like maybe about six months before we actually got together. And then once we got together, I was like, fuck, mm -hmm. I'm domesticated. <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, what a beautiful thing though, truly. You know, yeah, well, yeah, you know, I mean, I because I know society kind of like ripped that apart. Like, oh, it's the end. I'm like, it's the beginning. <laughs> It's the beginning. And, and, and now, the only thing that would make it an end is if you compromised your values and your integrity and your soul in some way from doing something that was aligned with you. Because when something is aligned with you, and by the way, decisions, discipline, accountability, responsibility, you know what they all equal? Freedom. Yeah. And everybody's so like, I will have no freedom. Like, no. Abandoning yourself is having no freedom. Being more of yourself and around somebody who brings out even more of yourself because they're helping you even grow in your own path. And holds you to high standards. And holds you to really great life standards. Yeah. That's freedom. Well, that's also <laughs> even how I feel like I view living here. Like, uh, you know, a lot of more of my celebrity work is obviously like in L.A. or New York. Right. But like I get opportunities and I get calls. But instead of, like I said, being desperate and living there and hanging by a string and, you know, the dog has the on the fish pole, Right. And the treats there and I'm just chasing it. But instead of that, I have a choice. And it never felt like I had a choice. But now I have a choice. Do I want to drive six hours for this opportunity or get on a plane for this opportunity? Do I have time? Does it interview? Okay, then yeah, maybe it fits into my schedule to photograph that celebrity. Mm. But I'm damn for sure not just desperate for it anymore. It has to fit me and it has to fit my box of my morals now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's where that all comes in. Yeah. And 
we're rewarded even more abundantly for that. And I yeah. think that that's the hard part that like, no, like what if another opportunity won't come? Like it will. Yeah. But, but I get it. I, I listen, I get it. It depends on where you're at. It depends on if you need the money, it depends on if you're, you're wanting to be known for something that you love doing. I get like, I get it. Yeah. But that's what I have come to learn is that's such a, a trust in your soul to be like, listen, listen, free up the time instead of going this right here in this thing right you want right here you will now be available for this even better thing right here just give it a day yeah give it give, give it, it time give it time just give it you know and, and um and god's you know. always working just also yeah. like and don't be so selfish in your mindset that you think god owes you all of his time that's like the biggest thing like god does not like just because like your timing and god's timing are very different and the more you respect that the more you're going to feel like peace and calm and less anxiety in your life. Oh, that, I'll tell you that part right there is so true. Like as I, the closer relationship I have with God, the more I just, I see like how the, I, I mean, I say it on my stories all the time. I'm like, God is my CEO. I'm just running the place. Yeah. And it, and it feels like it because there's so much more. I'm like, thank you. Like you can see how things got moved around or how things like played out and you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, you know, just give it a moment. But then, you know, this instant gratification world, it's not what it seems like. You've mm-hmm. got to be so careful what you think you see and what you think you want. And are you wanting it because of how it's being portrayed, which already might be being portrayed falsely anyways online? Like, I'm telling you, are you trying to break into circles that are a jail? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's well, Also, don't you notice that what you kind of put out into, the, out into the world isn't always what gets interpreted correctly? Yeah. Like, I notice that all the time. I'm like, people don't take the time to read anymore they don't take the time to actually listen you know it goes back to the using your ears instead of your mouth it's like it's a really big impact like people aren't trying to like that so you know even if you think you're giving the most clear message people are always going to kind of misunderstand you you know well and that that is what happened in one particular setting with when i did a post where i was talking about mm-hmm. the surrender and you know i was like fellas you know the greatest gift that you can give uh you know women is uh, the gift of themselves and men like the more you become an honest directional um, clear man, um, you know, the more that they can surrender. I was like, surrender, therefore, for them is expansion, meaning like, oh, I I can be my whole self and work on me versus micromanaging, you know, the but man. But someone who has a limited like, mindset isn't right. going to understand so, that. Well, and so there was somebody who, I, I don't know who this individual was, who, who everybody got the assignment. Everybody, <laughs> and, and women were like, thank you. Women were like, yes. I don't want to micromanage, but like I, I would trust, I would surrender, I would trust so I can build more on my best self, which supports. And there was only one individual and she wrote, she's like, you know, how, uh, I forget what she said, like how this of you or, you know, uh, like just, you know, just going off about, you know, a typical, you know, um, patriarchal, like going on this whole thing, like, yeah. she's like thinking that like a, a, a woman needs any special gift from you. I'm like, uh, uh, I was like, I'm like, did you read the cap? Like, and, yeah. and I, and I actually put on my stories. I was like, here's the irony. I'm like, if she had read the caption as well, I actually am in a weird way, but not in an, an inappropriate way. Like she's communicating, agreeing with her where yeah. I'm saying, listen, I was like, nothing is, is meant to be given to you other than if I'm doing my work and being a good man, then like you're not worrying and having to assume at what I'm like, I'm communicative, I'm honest, I'm directional, I'm clear, you know yeah. where I'm coming from, you know, I'm reliable, you, you have every, you're like, thank you. And I'm now working on myself to complement that. And you don't, you're no longer worrying about, you know, the things that are kind of keeping you up late at night, basically. I'm like, I, so 
the gift is really just saying like I'm doing my work and yeah. like which is kind of in you but you're being you the way you're saying it mean on, the, on my wall and like, well and also like yeah. lo and behold she doesn't know that you're like a part of this men's group which you know what I'm saying most men's group to me are like holding you know you're surrounding yourself with men of God as well and you're like you know instead of indulging in maybe like I said you know devilish kind of things or like the guys that are like oh we're gonna go to the strip club together we're gonna do this right. we're gonna do like that it's like and have it low frequency have, low energy type exactly shit. low yeah. frequency low energy stuff you're surrounding yourself with guys that maybe you're doing like an ice bath all together or maybe you're having a conversation about god but that's how you truly become like not, those steps alone are gonna make you mm. meet your wife yeah. yeah and but she doesn't know that she thinks you're a misogynist like you know what i'm saying so right. like that's full of shit so yeah like what you put out into the world you always got to be careful but again if you care too much what people think like you can't because people are always going to misinterpret you well and you know and i will tell you so for anybody listening who's like also worried like oh well, you know it's gonna be misinterpreted like actually i had a lot of empathy i'm like oh wow you're hurting and so <laughs> in true fashion i put it on my stories and i was like <laughs> hey guys this is what hurt looks like mm-hmm. i was like because this is how you speak when you're hurt and then I was like, here's my caption and what I said in my caption. And then I did like a video and I was talking about, it. I'm like, see, I'm like, this is somebody carrying so much, uh, uh, you know, sort of like uh, hurt that instead they're lashing out and no, and this is how it is. And this is how that and all this other stuff. And I was like, I have empathy because they don't, the hurt is causing them to not see. Hurt the, people hurt people. The, the thing that is yeah. actually trying to elevate. Oh, and by the way, compliment that. And, and, and there were people that had reached out that were like, wow, like that was interpreted that way. You know, I mean, everybody got them. Like I said, everybody got the assignment. This person just saw in a quick initial post, not the caption. And even the post was really well written. Yeah. Like it was actually, no. But like, people don't know I was like, read. no, that's actually what I am saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, yeah. And so, but hurt people hurt people. And so you can't take it personal. And again, this kind of also goes back to when you have your relationship with yourself, when you are, you know, um, closer to your soul, you're, you're liking the decisions you're making, you're liking your intention, you're understanding your yourself more, your heart, you have a relationship with God, you're taking things less personal. Because yes, the world can interpret anything that they want. They're, that, that's, I mean, that's their right as well too. It doesn't give them, um, it, it's their right, it doesn't make it the authority. And that's a, that's probably a whole other. We won't go on. I was the, uh, like, you that's know, true. You know. So, um, but but you know, but at the same time, though, it's like that's just the path that they are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And you worry less about how the people are interpreting when you are constantly more aligned with the like. If you really like the choices you are making and like you feel really good about them. Now I know that that can kind of go in a lot of different ways because some people say like they can be doing really bad, rough stuff and say, "Well, I like my choice," and you're like, mm-hmm. "Okay," but then you, if you like that, then you then will also maybe not take offense if people are coming at you. And so if people are coming at you and you don't like it, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of nuances in there or whatever. But like the the the, the, the tighter the relationship we have with ourselves. And, and that's where all the work comes in too. Like I know before my wedding, I like I'm now working out five days a week with trainers. I'm seeing a life coach and doing like I just got hypnotized last week about inner child work, and it was like one of the most powerful things I've ever done. Like I saw baby Katie, mm-hmm. I held her. We went through this box of maybe you know because I kind of viewed my childhood as you know I always had to you know like have really good parents, but we've had rough patches and we've had issues that impacted me long term. You know. Um, but once I like reframe them, cause that's the thing is you can t- have bad memories, but you can also reframe them. Like when I was doing that hypnotherapy, like I saw these bad memories, but then I started seeing my parents, like my mom's so happy that she had a baby girl and like all these like beautiful memories and it transformed my childhood. And then even like I was dancing with my fiance later that night after the hypnotherapy and I started seeing us at prom together. 
You know what I'm saying? And again, not saying I'm going to think I actually went to prom with Dylan because that didn't happen. But I could, instead of having the shitty guy in college I was dating when I was at prom at the time with some loser that was cheating on me, like I probably should have been with a guy like Dylan, you know, and having that beautiful prom moment, but not saying that that's like, I'm thinking that's what happened, but I reframed it and I changed that kind of memory in my mind. How would you appreciate a Dylan without the previous man? True, true. True, true, true. And, snap, snap. And, and, and the only, <laughs> mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason I bring that up is because, look, the memories in the past, I get it. Like, they may not have felt good. Totally. But they're also what shape our present and our future if we are using that past to, like, you know, rethink about what we want. There's two points I'll bring up there. I remember I was on a podcast and I, you know, I, the, the, the woman was speaking, we were talking about, um, you know, just, um, the inner work and all this other stuff. And we were talking about trauma and therapy. And I said, you know, here's the deal. I'm like, a lot of trauma can be reduced by getting into your heart. And I was like, so, you know, I was like, let's, you want to, I was like, you want to address your, your trauma right now? Like, yeah. let's, let's address it. You know? And, and this woman was like, yeah, you know, please let's do it. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, what happened? You, I was like, you mentioned something at 20. I'm like, you know, you're now like almost 40 you know, uh, or I think she was almost 40. And I was like, relationships, you know, with men, like you have this, like, you know, all men this. And I was like, I noticed that you said that. And she was like, I'm like, what happened? And I think it was her first relationship at 20. And I was like, explain that, you know? And she explained everything at that, like, age, like that, what had happened. And I was like, what would you have wanted different? And she's like, well, I would have wanted uh, to be treated with respect. I would have wanted, um, you know, uh, a lot more clarity. I would have, like, you know, just going on like this, like this whole lesson. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay question do you do that and she's like i'm finally getting better at that but i could probably do a lot more of it i'm like okay that's a good answer i was like next question like when you meet somebody if that is your focus those things that you want can you have that conversation early on and she was like yeah like i guess i could i'm like and so now what's happening is because you're bringing forth you're now creating your future because you're now thinking about these are the things that are important to me. I'm not going to judge you if you're not those things. But if I know early on, I can move faster while I keep aligning myself with the things that I want. And she's like. It's eliminating noise, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just because you're being in tune with yourself and saying like, I don't want this. Okay, then what do you want? And if they know like, well, I want this and this. Okay, one, are you behaving like that? And two, are you having those conversations? Now, and I get it. You have to also let go of the trauma and the the, the, the past. You have to kind of let go of it to be like, it was my past. I'm not going to let it be my present, but I'm not going to judge others that I might encounter. Because when you're first making these mm-hmm. changes, you do meet some of the people who are very similar because totally. the vibration is still there. And then you meet the people, but now you're now you're rewriting and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like you know, knowing what you're looking for and what you want, you know what? I'm, it's not really what I'm looking for right now um, or at all. You know, but again, like I don't say right back to the normal. Like yeah. I don't want to get in your way of what you want. In fact, I'm honoring you and me at the same time. Like, so go do that. I go do that. It's not really what I'm looking for. And, you know, and now because you're no longer avoiding confrontation, you are actually living 
on purpose and creating in the present towards a future you've actually decided that you want. Well, don't you realize, I mean, I'm sure you can look back at your past relationships and anything that you like, I mean, red flags are obvious. You just ignore them because you think you want the person or you see the potential or, you know, you see the potential without seeing the like credentials, I guess, you know what I'm saying? So then you push yourself into something that's past your own limitations and past your own boundaries and past your own morals because of this want for love and just to be loved at your like inner like your core that's what every child wants right so it's like if you have all this like inner child work you're like that you haven't done that you're more likely to be susceptible just to like accepting any love that passes by instead of being particular about it right and 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 i think we also have a different relationship with the idea of love when we are giving that to ourselves mm. because then even when uh if you do encounter something with somebody that's you know like they're giving you uh, a certain level of attention you're not attaching it to your and this is i think what uh, speaking as a man like learning along the way of like doing things for the right reasons and saying like just because the attention is there if that's not aligned with me like no i'm I'm sorry i have to do the right thing and that is also an act of love in itself mm. i'm loving myself and i'm loving that person enough to be honest to make sure that i show up as the 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 very person like a, a good example you know i had this about about a year and a half ago and i was asked by this woman like you know oh is it you know is it that easy to be so you know black or white in this situation uh you know with us like and i was like well with my soul like i i know i was like are you asking if if i if um you know because this was, i knew that this person was gonna be my my life partner i just knew it i knew she wasn't and um you know so it was asked she was like you know how it seems like easy and i was like oh you think this is easy and she's like isn't it I was like, well, I get that, you know, probably good soul inside, beautiful outside. I get it. You're probably not used to hearing. Like if we're going from the ego, it's probably you're hearing what you don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, no, I, I can understand. I was like, you think it's easy as a man to go home and let that I don't go home and like, God, what do you want from me? I'm like, this person is a good person, is an attractive person, is a good person, is a spiritual person. It has all these things that like really align. But I can feel my soul is not. That person, like, why are you doing this? Like, you don't think I don't go home and like, you know, I was like, I can't make a decision because I want to be something that I can feel my soul isn't. And then and then the, the further, the, the second thing I followed up to her with is I was like, you think this is easy? You think it's easy for me to do the right thing? I'm like, here's the tough part, too. I was like, more of us men have to do the right thing so we can show you women that we actually are willing to do the right thing. Because that's ultimately what you want. I have to behave like the man that you are looking for, even though I'm not that man for you. Mm -hmm. I have to still behave like him to show you that, like, because if I don't and I give into a lower desire or being lonely or just to try to make it fit, I'm now going against the very fabric of what you are wanting for yourself in the first place. I have to still show up against the things that are coming at me that are saying, you should take this relationship for a while. Like, this is a really good relationship. This is really, you know, I'm like, I have to actually show up and prove to you that us men in this world exist by behaving a way, even if you're not going to be my life partner. Well, but you just said it right there because you're not looking for a girlfriend. You're looking for a life wife. partner. Yeah. Well, not even wife, like yeah. life partner. Like yeah. I like the yeah. phrase of even saying it, it's more than a wife. It's a yeah, life partner. It is a life partner. Yeah. And I just think there's power in that too, yeah. because like, you know, wives come and go. You've had one. It went it left by did you know what I'm saying? Your ex-wife wasn't your life partner. You know what I'm saying? Right. She I mean, I would, I would, I would prefer yes. I would, but my next wife will be my life. Exactly. Partner. Exactly. Yes. So yes. like, they can be one and the same. But just because someone was your wife doesn't mean they were your life partner, right? So, I just think that's like the biggest mindset shift when looking for your person. Yes. Besties yes. for the resties. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so I I find that like, 
when we, again, that relationship with self, that soul guided relationship is what's also governing all of our decision making. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of the, the temptations of the world of like, oh, you want this job. Oh, I know you need this money. Oh, like this opportunity, this person, whatever it is, you like it actually makes it easier to turn down the things that aren't aligned with you because you can already feel like the juxtaposition between that feeling and what feels right with you. So like the, the deeper relationship with yourself, you're like, nah, it's just not aligned with me. What do you mean? Like, and then- by And the way, confident about it. And confident about it. And, both, and don't get me wrong, it'll try to come at you even harder and harder and harder until you realize you're no longer attached. And then it moves on because that is no longer something that can get well, you. Well, that's why your faith in God, because you also have to have faith in God, but you also have to like acknowledge the devil, I think. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because like then when you're starting to act ways that don't feel good for you, that's when I feel like you're more aligning with that. And I think like that acknowledgement of it is where that differentiates. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm starting to notice that, it, you know, devilish thoughts or devilish this, but it's not like I'm trying to be evil. But it's just that temptation. Like, that's the reason why there's the shoulders, right? In the right. movies, like a metaphor of that. So it's like, I always can tell if something's tapping me and then I have an active choice to push it away. Yeah. Or well, it's like to not turn around. In, you know, in Judaism, they talk about it uh, as the uh, evil inclination, the Yetzirah, mm -hmm. the evil inclination. Meaning like, um, it's more of, all of these are like an analogy of like the part of you that is trying to make decisions that are out of alignment of your integrity. Mm-hmm. Not like an actual like person dressed up in a certain like you exactly. Know, it's not just, like just, Satan, like just whatever. So, just so like yeah, you know, it's it's how the the further you are removed from the decisions that really like really align with you, that like you know that you know, and and you just trust like no, I'm I'm going to be abundantly taken care of. I'm going to be healthy from doing this. I'm going to have the relationship that I want. Like knowing that and making decisions from that place that are aligned with that, mm -hmm. versus having to give up parts of you because of the fear or the worry or all these other things that like try to kind of hinder on you. Like, if you don't do this, you may never get this opportunity ever You're again. You're gonna go to hell, if, if yeah, you, or, exactly, yeah. What, yeah, or whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so it's like, um, there was something I, I had read in, uh, I think it was like in the Torah, it was somewhere about the, um, it's like, it's more about the decisions that you're making and that we have, the, that we have free will Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a great, you know, I was, I was asked once about the whole, um, this, uh, this, uh, kid on the live, I, well, I call him kid, he's a young 20 something. He asked, he goes, so how do you know if it's intuition or fear? And I was like, that's a good one. I was like, well, I check in, I ask my soul, I ask God, like, what's up? And the answer is like that. Like, I got, I get an answer like right away and he goes, okay. And I'm like, sometimes, most of the time it's an answer I don't want to hear. Do you and, feel and, like that came from like good work though? Like, like, do you think you're so in touch with when God is speaking to you because you've like so, submerged? So that's, so that's what he was asking, right? Yeah. He was like, how do you know? And I was like, it's so instant. Listen, you know, like, should I eat that? Should I date that person? Should I do this, this, this thing? You're going to hear yes, no. Like it's fast. Most of the time, it's probably something you don't want to hear. And he goes, well, how do you know? Like if it's fair, I'm like, when I negotiate. <laughs> You know, like it's our body, our system, the body is such an amazing system. And then you've got the intuition on top of the science of that, the, the gut instinct, like it, there's, there's so much in there that knows. Right. And so he said, negotiate. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, well, technically I was looking for a deal. I tried to, you know, I wanted to bring some new opportunities and this one feels, you know, it's like we, we have, uh, there's a, an old, I think native American fable about like the good wolf, bad wolf in us. Um, and a bad wolf can make a good opportunity look bad and a bad opportunity look good. 
Well, it's where accountability comes up, right. kind of all around. Like even like right. I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm really good at, uh, you know, when you're your own boss, right? You can yeah. be like, oh, these edits aren't due today. You right. know what I mean? Like right. or whatever. Or like I could have pizza today, but right. that's where the accountability holds in. And I think for a lot of like young entrepreneurs, it's like holding yourself actually accountable to like the standards you set and acting like you have a boss or like even with your nutrition like if you have somebody like not punishing you but like you know seeing everything you're doing then like then if you view god as that person then it's like the accountability i think really takes a step in well and you know and then i i mentioned i said he's like how do you like do you just listen every time i'm like no i don't he's like thanks for the transparency i said here's the deal it's practice i was like this is the beauty of god i'm like we're not here to be punished we do it to ourselves we can feel what we need to do. I was like, sometimes I hear one answer, but I try to negotiate a little bit. Maybe I need more information. I was like, it's okay to need sometimes more information. Just be self-aware while you do it. So instead of going, you know, uh, to the right where I can feel, you know, God's like, you know, like one answer, I say, well, you know, I'm going to go this way instead with a, a different answer and let me be self-aware. And how do I feel in each step I make in the opposite direction? Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. I'm like, step one. Okay, I'm still a little unsure. Let me do another step. Let me do another step. Now, careful getting too many far steps away from your initial intuition, you know, just because of time and, you know, you don't want to like really go through like the shit, you know. I was like, but the beautiful part is anytime you want, you take one step right back and you're right there next to God. You're right there next back to your intuition. So you can go as far off the beaten path. You can detour so crazily. But on any given like point, just one step right back to the right is right there where your intuition is, right there where God is anyways. And I was like, you know, in, in the surrender is sort of like, listen, we all have free will. We can make any decision we want. I was like, the question you want to ask yourself is, in my decision making, you know, am I thinking um, too externally and too in this, like, this, this specific thing? And I, I feel like sometimes I or like, or is it like much vaster than more, much more vast than you could ever imagine but you're so fixated on this way and i was like so i look at it as like here's the beauty of free will it's like god's looking at you and say you make the decision whatever you want i want you to feel it i got i got things for you and i want your life to have more ease but i want you to feel in charge of how you are making your decisions you can even have this little thing over here or when you want and you're ready for it i've got this bigger version of it over here but i want you to feel like in charge of how you are making your decisions and letting go so I can help. So you have the humility of like, hey, you don't have to do it alone. Like, and I know it's humanizing, but it makes it seem a lot more like, oh, like, yeah, I don't want you to do it like, like you're a soul. I want you to have a really great experience while you're there. I don't want you to feel like, you know, you there's have There's another do- in the fire with you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. truly, there's like, um, you know, like a, like one of the Christian music or whatever. You know what there's It says there's another in the fire, like standing next to you because you know, even when you fight through hell or walk through hell and that, that's even with your perfect partner too. They walk through hell with you because, you know, we're not all good and we're not all perfect, right? But, like, or like I remember one time I, like, got really mad at my fiancé and I, like, you know, I, I, like, felt like I was having an exorcism. Like, I was, like, so angry and so, like, let myself become so ugly. And then I got in the shower and I felt like all this water is, like, replenishing me. And then I, when I stepped out, I stepped out with unconditional love. And I think that's, like, how God can kind of, you know, work. Like, it's not, it's fine that I acted that way. And it's not really fine because I didn't feel comfortable with it and I didn't act, like, acting ugly. But, like, I had tools to come back center and come back to God and come back to that unconditional love because he was right there walking with me the entire time. It's having the tools to come right back to. So you can, and then, and then your teammate on the court, the basketball court, (laughs) the court of life, you know, with you um, understands like, Oh wow, they're having an off game. 
they're off their shot. They're off their game. They're not passing the ball enough. They're in their head. Something's happening. Cool. Maybe they got to roll the tape tonight and, and look at like where they can improve in their jump shot. Something's off. Why are they having a slump, you know, uh, of a season, whatever something's going on with them. How do I support? How do I, if I have to somewhat pick up the, the, the slack during the season because they're really battling something, how do I, you know, show support that way? Or how do I encourage to make sure that they get back to who they really are, knowing that they're a much better player than how they maybe are like experiencing the season that they're having? And I think when you look, and I always use the sports analogy because people always go, oh, it's like, yeah, like, because it's a literal season they're having. Yeah, like, well, yeah. it's like, well, like, and also it's like, if you're on the court, like, and you're playing together, like, you're going to ask me like, hey, why do you keep missing your shots? You never miss your shots. Yeah. Like, and it's the same thing, like in real life, you'd be like, hey, listen, like, you know, I've noticed like you haven't been able to do this. Like, is something going on? Like, do you need any help with anything? Or are, is there a reason why you're not able to get to it as much? Are you overwhelmed? Like, what's going on? And you almost become now more team dynamic versus, you know, versus like or, or maybe we're the one who had the moment and, you know, we're really upset for missing that shot over and over and over again. We're having a moment and you, you, you know, you can you get angry and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I'm sorry. Like, here's where I'm off my game and the humility of coming right back to center and be like, here's what's going on inside of me right now. Here's what's actually happening. And I want to talk about that. I love the sports analogy. I assume yeah. you like basketball, right? Yeah, I so, do. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. But I just think there's also like so much that every entrepreneur can pick up, like just like you were explaining it, but like there's so much when you like, even I was thinking about Kobe Bryant's funeral, right? Like Michael Jordan crying the way he did, like seeing a man that's that great, like truly when you watch Michael Jordan highlights, you're like, oh, like, you know, we're getting married on like 23, 23 because of Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's such a big impact on me when I have nothing to do with sports. You know what I'm saying? But the way that sports and like their work ethic, like how they transform, because most people only get careers. Like talk about having chapters and seasons, right? Most athletes burn out by 35, 40. So they have to take another path. They have to take another step. Right. So I think there's a lot to be learned from sports and like all encompassing, you know, and, and even if you're not like the biggest sports fan to like look up to these athletes because the discipline, the mindset, the everything and their like philanthropy, like there's so much to like, I don't know, admire about athletes. Yeah. It's the work ethic. Yeah. You know? It's the work it's, ethic. It's the work ethic. So. Kobe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Do you, what do you have coming up? Uh, obviously, you have your, your wedding coming up. But do you, do you and anything in uh, other? I mean, that is noteworthy. But anything that you're in your, terms of your personal projects or things that you're working on that you're, you're excited about? So launching I'm creating a gallery show. I actually okay. have a project where um, I learned this technology during the pandemic as well. Where I um, it's a digital program that turns my pixels into pigments. Hmm. So I draw, and I'm trying to do a big gallery show with like it's like drawing over my photography, which is super cool. So I'm doing like a large installation where I might actually physically paint on top of them hmm. as well. So that's kind of what I'm currently working on. And then I'm really hoping to actually, um, I'm in talking in the works with an actual full book right now, um, documenting women that have been um, a part of sex trafficking or like people that are combating mm -hmm. sex trafficking. So, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that's something more like, um, like, you know, I never want to, I'm not trying to document people to take part of their story, but there's a lot of power in it where like, you know, a lot of these women have been photographed for years in a very uncomfortable way, um, in a way that feels like stealing from them. So to like have the opportunity to work with people that have been victims and tell their story and re-change that narrative of photography and making it a powerful thing is, is definitely something I'm really looking forward to. So it's going to be a whole coffee table book, mm -hmm. and um, I'm really looking forward to that. So. Wow. That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. and like I said, it's a more morally um, aligned thing with me. Right. Combating and fighting for women. Um, you know, I, I went through, like, I had my own, you know, traumatic experiences, um, 
you know, with being assaulted and it was one of those, I mean, obviously don't talk about it, but it's, you know, to be able to heal parts of myself by healing women is something I'm looking forward to. Mm, amazing. Where, where can, um, everybody find out about you online? How can they connect with you? So you can follow me on Katie Levine photo. It's basically my handles for everything, but Katie Levine photo on Instagram, Katie Levine.com or Katie Levine photo.com, everything like that. But I always answer messages. Like I feel mm-hmm. like, um, I love people more than just it. Like I don't, I don't, you don't have to reach out to me if you're a photographer. You can just reach out to me with anything. Like I love connecting with people and you know helping you figure out your story too. Yeah, so. I'm the same way. I make it a community. It's 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 always fascinating when they're like, "Wow, you're really answering." There was it was interesting. Um, this uh, um, this woman uh, had said something like, uh, I think it was a few weeks back. Was like because um, I, I make sure to thank everybody that um, shares my work. Mm. and um uh she that was the second time i thanked her and she said um oh wow like you know kudos to your social media manager or whoever is like answering this and is always on top of it and you know blah 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 and I, so i got on and i did a voice i'm like no 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 so and so i'm like it's actually me um i thank every single person that shares my work and you know it's all about community in here and i just wanted to say thank you and you know for for doing so and you know for listening to the podcast and everything like that it shows you care <laughs> yeah yeah and she was like holy shit, she's like, and you, you know, you know, um, older gal, and she was just like, wow, you really, like, you know, you really manage it, like, it's 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 all you, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, you know, this is a community inside of here, and, like, we're all, you know, trying to grow, and I want to make it feel like it, it's a place where you can kind of, like, not only be constantly your authentic self, but also, you know, share. Authentic so, self yeah. is, is the word, right? Yeah. No, so, yeah, that's absolutely. all. I hope that everybody got that out of this. That's yeah. my goal for this conversation, is just to feel, you know, comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Thank you. So everybody, katelevinephoto.com, at Katie Levine Photo for pretty much everything, yep. right? Reach out. She's busy, but she'll probably answer your questions. She likes community. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. No, I, I know we dove into a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, take what you need out of that, all of that. But I appreciate it. And I always say to everybody that comes on the show, you're more than welcome to come on again. Uh, it's a journey-driven podcast, so people sometimes will come back on for show two, three. They're like, oh, today we're going to tackle this issue, or today we're going to tackle something new that happened a year later that, like, you know, now you know things change. So well, I hope next time it'll be balancing a career with motherhood. So there we'll go there. Perfect. That'll be that'll be round two. So <laughs> amazing for everybody listening. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and uh, just being along. You know, for this now seven, eight-year journey, it's been incredible. Please continue to leave uh, the written reviews. Uh, it helps expand the awareness of the show. Uh, check out kaylevinephoto.com. Thank you for tuning in. I love you guys. I appreciate you as always. Until next episode, I'm out. <laughs>